another episode of Opposites React. Uh, today's March 4th, 2020. I'm Sarah, and I'm here with my husband, Tyler. Good evening. Or uh, morning, wherever you happen to this. That's, yes, or <laughs> afternoon. I hope you're having a nice lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are here today to talk about the, the stuff that we have done this week, I guess. Um, I know I haven't done much, so I'll just go first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I have just been playing. Oh, we started a new game. We did finish Steins Gate finally. Yeah. So, what do you? What's your uh, initial? Your I guess quick impressions on the ending of Steins Gate. Well, we did the. This was the extra PS4 version of Steins Gate. The extra. I don't. What was the extra episode called? Uh, linear, something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Linear well, time paradox. No, that's sure. not right. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Because I know there's other ones out there like Dart so long love Dart. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. We'll get them eventually. But uh, it was okay. Like I didn't. Uh, it was unnecessary. Really. <laughs> well, I think the whole idea behind that game was that it was sort of um, like each character got their own little side yep. story that they kind of tied in together. All of them. There's sort of a through line, but th- this part this wasn't canon. This was almost like yeah. a little spinoff. There, thing d- there was some. Um, there's um, some consistency errors and stuff. I thought like that. there and, was some decent backstory stuff like between. Yep. Um, between uh, uh, Kuma and uh, Mayuri. Yeah. With more of their backstory. Like, it was know, pretty much yeah. mostly about them anyways. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was totally worth playing, but it was... Uh, the main story was definitely the draw, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we started Rompa 1, Trigger Happy sure. Havoc. Yeah. Havoc, there you go. I say I'm pretty... We're only maybe an hour, hour and a half in, but I'm, I'm pretty impressed so far. I like the setup. I like the... Uh, oh, it's a very interesting premise. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll writing. say it quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a group of 15, 16, 16? 15. Well, 15 Including plus you. you. Yeah. Plus so you 16 know. students yeah. uh, who are pulled into this elite school. You, uh, To get into the school, you have to be the best in the world at something. Um, so it's like the best martial artist and the best programmer, the best fanfic writer. Uh, and you are going to the school and you realize that it's run by an evil bear and the whole loop of the game (laughs) it is true um the whole loop is that you have to you want to escape it's like a prison now so to escape you have to kill somebody and get away with it or else you die yourself uh so do they even really specify get away with it You haven't read all the rules yet. Oh, okay. So there's more. Uh, But that's part of it. Uh, You'll get that in the next five seconds. Um, But yeah, so it is very interesting how it all plays out. I've played it before. Um, So I'm very excited for Tyler to play it. Uh, And I've also been playing Zenki Zero, which is by the person that did Enganropa. So it's uh, another very twisty, turny story that I'm very intrigued with, but it's a very different game where Enganropa is a visual novel. This is a dungeon crawler, uh, which is more my style anyways. But there is lots of reading still, but a very interesting story that keeps me going. There you go. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, for me, I guess for a quick gaming recap for me, it's the the usual, obviously, the good old Apex Legends. Although I have, um, uh, the other day I had the idea that I kind of wanted to get back into the swing of playing MLB The Show because the new one comes out next Friday. I'm super well, excited. Yes, because you ordered the Super Cool Edition. MVP Edition. Yes. Not the Super, the super Cool would be the Digital Deluxe. That's like the I'm best sorry. one. Yeah, what I does that the, come with? Avatars extra? Uh, or just more well, stubs? it's just more stubs, more oh, packs okay. and stuff. Um, Free money. I think GameStop, uh, like, I, don't know if, I don't know if it counts up here in Canada, but I know GameStop in the US has some kind of an exclusive bundle going I think it came with a hat or... Yeah, I remember it coming with a hat here a couple of years ago. Yeah, I don't think they did. Um, but yeah, so that's Friday for you next week. 
Um, yeah, so on March 13th, looking forward to getting into MLB The Show 20. I've been following, they do a like a YouTube thing every week, like a, a live hour, two-hour show where they kind of like tease more new features or new cards are coming out, new updates and stuff. So, you know, I mean, the, the, the game's always been quality for the last like five, six years, however long they've been really... Uh, well, I mean, this current generation is what, five, six years anyway? How long has PS4 generation been going for? Since 2014? I was going to say 13. 13. No, before... Tw- it wasn't 2012, no. No, 20... I was thinking when Lucas was born was, <laughs> was the PS4 in existence. I think it was 13. Hmm. Because I think like, they had they had the show games on the PS3 uh, before, maybe even back to the PS2. I think it went all the way back to like oh six or 07 when the show actually started. But like I played them on PS3 and I've played all the PS4 versions so far. Um, yeah, it's a you know, I mean it's the only baseball game on the market, but it's not a bad thing. No, like they, it's not. What? There's cartoon ones. Well, I'm not counting the RBI baseball <laughs> and the. Although it's like, remember well, we we heard about this news months ago. Remember how they said is it is it? I mean next year's yeah, version of the show. Twenty twenty one will be. It's gonna be on Xbox everywhere. And Switch. Maybe even Switch. Yeah, knows, oh, yeah. it, I, Switch. I the, when it was tweeted that it was gonna be on other platforms, mm-hmm. um, Nintendo yeah, of America right. itself uh, tweeted a baseball. So yeah, we can. I mean, I'll be honest. Playing the show in bed's kind of appealing I know, on right? Switch. That's not I bad. Right? I just like I'd probably I'd probably just do the offline stuff. I don't really know how good the the online stuff is on the Switch. Like, I wouldn't really trust playing like Diamond Battle well, Royale we don't have on the it Switch. Anyways, so it wouldn't matter. True, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So playing a little bit of the Show 19 lately, just trying to get back into the swing of the mechanics, so I can get going mm-hmm. to 20. Because like last year, obviously, I mean last year I, I pre-ordered baseball and I had every intention of playing it, and then Apex just took over. Um, so I didn't because like in, you've ever in well Show 17 and the Show 18, um, like I played hundreds of hours of those ones and oh, like yeah. i was i was deep into those programs and all the cards and yeah when they when they uh, introduced the quests you were mm. like oh my gosh every day i must finish so i'm assuming from what i've seen so far i'm pretty sure this year's format is gonna be the same as last year's which i didn't really get into but last there was a ton of content last year's like even like going like even when the season was over like in december january and stuff they're still adding all these new yeah they've been like, pretty great at that yeah there's been a lot of support and it's it's there's definitely not a, a dearth of content you know what i mean that's it's there's always there's something there's never to do. a lull no yeah, you do. Like I said, they even have that. They're making a lot of tweaks. They put out a, a thing today, actually. I haven't watched it yet, but I saw some Twitter updates about their... They have that mode introduced last year called March to October, where you right. basically do, like, it's like a, a really simplified season. Like, it's used to... They still, like, they simulate a season for you, and you... They they insert you into certain games. They'll be like, oh, this game's, like, tied in the seventh. Do you want to go in and play the rest of the game? And, yeah, it's a condensed season. The idea is, like, get your team into the playoffs, and then you kind of play the whole playoff push there, so you don't have to go through simulating a whole, like, 162-game season, which obviously takes a long time and <laughs> yes. also you know what's really cool this year is i don't think i'd really get into it but i know a lot of people are excited about it is they introduced something this year called custom leagues which is where you can um it's what's an online thing obviously but mm-hmm. you can you can bring in your diamond well, yeah I, I think the only thing people were disappointed about in this mode you can't do a fantasy draft people wanted to do like a oh. just you know generic like but then like, they're not going to spend the money on the dynasty, right. diamond dynasty. <laughs> so it's so it's using your diamond dynasty team but essentially you can set up a custom league so you have as many teams as you want so you can have like well, the fantasy draft is kind of what's the other mode about um, battle royale? Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm talking about fantasy draft. I'm talking about people like the traditional type of fantasy draft where it's like literally just like draft? like a snake draft. Okay, where you're just choosing players That's like different. you. Yeah, so um, yeah, but in this custom leagues thing, you can so you, say you had like ten other friends or nine other friends, just call it. So you have ten even number. So you, you and nine other friends, you can create a custom league with all ten teams. You can set up the schedule, however many games you want. You can set up mm. little tournament things, and it's really it looks pretty really cool. Like a lot of yeah. uh, um, a lot of versatility to it. Um. Yeah, so I guess I'm excited for that. Uh, but in the meantime, still just Apex every day. 
the new mode came out yesterday, that Deja Loot that I think we right. discussed a bit last week. It's pretty cool. Um, I, li- I like the idea behind it. Um, Still searching for the best spot to drop? Or have you found your place? Well, I, c- I keep thinking, like, I thought that the spot hasn't... Uh, well, yeah, the loot has, the loot doesn't change every day, but the... the oh, way, it wh- does change every day. Well, oh. no, where the ship goes. Oh. So, like, yesterday I was always trying to drop a geyser right away because I had my one spot with the purple arm and everything. Right. But now, if, like, if the ship's going to go on the opposite side, mm. like, across Mirage Voyage, I might be just going for that. You know what I mean? So, right. every day I got to think... But the loot stays the same. The loot will always stay in the same okay. spot. So, if the ship is going to go past geyser towards the end of the thing, I can wait till the end and drop does there the still. Does the end circle change? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, so circle also changed. So, yeah, like, yesterday it always ended at this one area in Skyhook. Right. And uh, so, I don't know, maybe today, who knows, maybe today it'll land in uh, Harvester or right. a tree or something. But um, <laughs> well, a place called The Tree on the oh, map. Okay. It's called The Tree. Yeah. <laughs> Not A Tree. Okay. <laughs> and that new, uh, the new loot thing they introduced called Evo Shields. That's one where the shield like levels up as you do damage. Right. It's pretty cool. I got one in a match. Well, you, I think you were I watching me. You. you watched me play the other day when I got a win. I had some great teammates where I, I got downed. Like pretty early on in the game, I had one kill and I got down, and they they eventually revived me, yeah. respawned me. Sorry, they respawned me. I should say, like that team was awesome. They respawned me. They dropped a gun for me. Yeah, and then they were a good team. Yeah, and then when I I so I eventually I caught up with them because we were getting pushed by the ring or whatever. And then by the time I found some more loot, and then I got kind of geared up a bit. I think I had like a blue evil shield at that point because the other team, mm-hmm. had, the other guy got properly dropped his blue evil shield for me. So I grabbed that and then. Oh, you can, like, it doesn't start at zero when you give it to somebody else? Nope. Oh, it stays leveled? That's nice. Yeah, so like if you kill someone who has a purple evil shield, you can pick it up and just go from there. But anyways, yeah, I got that thing all the way up to red to the, uh, wow. the highest tier. No and I think I ended up, up I think I ended up finishing with like seven kills that match. After they respawned yep. me, I went on a bit of a spree. I got like six more kills. We got the win. It was a great match. And I, I showed you, uh, we saw some of the skins yesterday. Some nice skins. There are some, it's very transformery. Yeah, the theme of the robots. event is very colorful. Yeah, it's a robot theme. Um, I think I say probably the best ones: Pathfinder, Caustic, uh, Octane. All had pretty good ones. The rest were kind of like some of the gun skins were really cool too. Yeah, yeah. I don't usually go for the gun skins, but mm. some of these would be like I would yeah, put money. Even in like I think this is the first time in one of these events where they've given away or they've had the unlocks for skydive emotes. I don't think there's ever been in their events uh, before. They're usually in the battle passes. Yeah, exactly. So I kept wondering, like, with all these battle passes coming out, like, where's Bloodhound's... Um, oh, he doesn't have a skydive in He doesn't have it. He just has his, his normal boring one, um, where he's like a backflip thing. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, this, but one this one's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's he's... For anybody who knows Bloodhound, he's got his Raven Arth- Arthur. Is that his name? Yeah, I don't oh. think it's Arthur. I think it's Arthur. <laughs> he calls it, or Bloodhound calls it. But um, so with the skydive thing, it's like he's sort of like doing like a, a, a downward spin with all these ravens flying around him. And the, the thing's called Nevermore. Yeah, I get so, it. There's a reference yeah. I get. <laughs> so there's some cool giveaways. I don't know. I'm tempted to drop maybe like 20 bucks on it and just get a few packs. Yeah, I'm not going to be chance. able to. I'm not going to get them all. I'm not going to get the, as cool as the uh, Octane um, heirloom is, the little syringe butterfly knife thing. Uh, and the animation is so cool on the butterfly knife. Yes. Like, I mean, it's, that makes me almost want to. But okay, another thing they introduced that's really cool in this uh, mode. Or you can when, trade in some games and get some full card gift the, cards. I look at the games. So there's not a lot of stuff to trade in. <laughs> uh, that's mine anyway. Yeah, um, you're not touching them. I know. I was going to say, oh, another thing that introduced in the update yesterday uh, that's kind of cool is now when you open, you know, you, like now every two levels you go up, you still get a free Apex pack. Okay, yeah. Like when they reset you back to 100 up to, so now it's every two levels. So like level 240, 242, 244, et cetera, I get a new pack every time. And usually it's just blues and whites and yeah. you get the occasional purple. But so now they've introduced a, a new type of loot that you can get, which is called an heirloom shard. And if you collect heirloom, if you get an heirloom shards, then they have a new. They have a separate tab on the menu now where you can. So there's the 
So not counting Octanes yet because the event's not done, but currently there's four heirlooms in the game. There's Wraith's Knife, Bloodhound's Axe, Pathfinder's Boxing Gloves, and uh, Lifeline's Shock Sticks. Right. I have the Lifeline and Pathfinder ones. Um, so so let's say I got this. I open a pack and I get these heirloom shards by chance. They still say you can get a chance. It's like one in 500, so you can still... If you open 500 packs, eventually you're guaranteed to get an heirloom shard. But... Um, so, so whereas before, like... What was the chance of getting an heirloom item before? It's still the same chance, but I'm just saying now they're giving you the option of it. So, before, as before, like, let's say you were a Wraith main, and that 1 in 500 chance you end up getting the Bloodhound one. Oh, you'd be like, you'd be oh, like, oh, damn. Ah, but now they, give you, they, now they give you shards so you can choose which heirloom you want. Yeah, so uh, Apex is so nice and good as always. Uh, I'm looking forward to... Because, um, again, I mean, uh, a variety is always nice, so this new mode is a nice change of pace, and like I said, by, by next Tuesday, the, they're going to transition this mode to King's Canyon. Oh, so, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's going to be like the... Oh, that leads into the ranks being changed. Right, too. And, it, and it's the most recent King's Canyon map too, which is nice. It has a new Wraith area, the new Octane jump pad area, so like the updated map with the dinosaurs Good. and everything. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess that's enough for games. Uh, we can talk about movie stuff. Let's, oh, before we get... Show. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll get into that too. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing I already discussed with you today, I called you when I was at work and told you about a story that I thought was a little disappointing, but... Um, Around my lunchtime today, I, I saw a story online that said that the because uh, obviously the last couple weeks we've been talking about James Bond films, yes. specifically the Daniel Craig films, because we were I'm really looking forward to uh, No Time to Die coming out in April. We watching every Saturday here. Yeah, movies. yeah. So today, unfortunately, the Universal or M- not MGM, I think it's Universal or Sony who has the rights to Bond. They they basically made a decision, I guess, that they're going to delay. The release of it's funny because they'd already they I think just last week they started selling advanced tickets they're selling oh, they? selling IMAX tickets and stuff for the the Bond film and today they made the decision to delay the Bond to delay No Time to Die from April to November of this year which is a bummer but they are doing it they say because of the coronavirus incident unfortunately and they claim it's going to have a huge impact on the international market specifically China sure. so which I understand business wise they. Mm-hmm. Like because I read an article today, like obviously everybody knows China's huge for box office. Like uh, they're like in terms of the international type of because obviously like whenever they look at movie earnings, it's always like you have your domestic, your North American earnings, and you have your international earnings, which is like you know Europe, uh, Europe, yeah, Asia, everybody to the basically right. to the east of North America, <laughs> right, or the west, or whatever. Like, but um, but uh, China usually counts for something like twenty twenty five percent of the international market because right. they have well, like they have a ton they have, of people, they have like seven hundred theaters or something, so. I mean, it's a bummer, obviously, having the uh, delay, but, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure the film's already done, so I doubt, it's not like they're going to take the time to, like, polish anything, unless maybe there's a little more time in the editing room, they can fine-tune some things, but I think the film's pretty much good to go, so I don't, I don't this wasn't delayed for any type of, like, you know, Productive reshoots reasons. or anything, no. Yeah, bummer, but um, I guess we can transition from that to, uh, since I was on my Bond spree recently, I did rewatch Quantum of Solace on the weekend. It was the second Daniel Craig film, mm-hmm. and uh, it's still not a great Bond film. Oh, but I mean, every time I rewatch it, I I've probably seen it maybe ten times, and every time I rewatch it, um, it gets a little bit better. Like, or maybe like my expectations are just more tolerant of it. Maybe. Like, I think Daniel Craig's still really good at it. He's still like it's a carryover. It's a direct carryover from Casino Royale. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really uh, not relation. What's we're looking for? <sighs> Both Vesper. They're trying to uh, transition between those storylines and show how he's still like you know even though he claims he doesn't care he still obviously shows some remorse about what happened and some pining for her yeah some of the action in the, in the movie is good it's not a very long film I think it's only an hour 40 or something I mean, it goes by pretty quickly the action in the film isn't bad it's just the way it's shot I've alluded to this in other podcasts before it's just shot it's edited very rapidly it's hard to kind of see what's going on 
compared to something like if you watch Casino Royale or Skyfall, the action scenes are much better. But um, and the villain in in Quantum is, is terrible. And it's not the actor's fault, like the actor. It's just it's a it's not a very interesting villain. I mean, when the whole plot, when your whole evil scheme revolves around trying to basically they've they've damned they they damned up like a river in Bolivia or a well or whatever, and they're trying to control the water supply so they can kind of like blackmail the government mm-hmm. and say, oh, we're gonna control the water supply now. So now you have to pay us like. You know, we own 60% of the water. So it's, it's, you know, it's a big, like, money fuel scheme. But when it's about just controlling water, it's like, okay, that's not exactly the most ambitious Bond villain ever. Usually when it comes to, like, world domination or some other kind of terrorist scheme. but money plot. Right. Um, but, you know, there's some parts of the script that are really good. Uh, like, the writing's good. It's just, I don't know. There's something about it that it doesn't all come together. And it, it, it ends... It ends with sort of a resolution on the whole Vesper storyline, which is fine because I don't think she's ever alluded to at all in Skyfall, but then they bring her up again in Spectre, and I'm like, well, okay, so you're not done with Vesper yet, I guess? I don't know, but <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, I mean, if if you're going to ask me, should I, should I watch Quantum of Solace? I would say no, because I don't really think it's it's minorly referenced in Spectre because again, Spectre tries to tie all the Craig films together so it's it's kind of referenced in Spectre but really, if you want to go just from Cinderella to Skyfall I'd say you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not going to miss much story-wise with Quantum that, you know I really, I, don't, I can't remember of anything in Quantum that's really referenced directly in Skyfall Skyfall almost felt like its own thing which is good, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, and again I watched it on uh, DVDs and on the Blu-ray for Quantum Well. I mean, not that I really think I'm missing out. Yeah, I don't think you're going to go out and search for it. I have the Blu-ray of Skyfall, so that one I'll definitely watch yes. on Blu-ray. That's a that's a pretty-looking film. And we know why. Why is Skyfall pretty? Why is Skyfall pretty? Because it's got my favorite cinematographer. Oh, I forget his name. Don't, oh, come on. I'm so not good with game, with names. Don't make me play this game. There we go. Roger that. Deakins. Yes, yes. that's you. Yes. <sighs> okay, um, besides Bond, um, I also... Um, I remember last week we said I started watching that show Hunters on Amazon. Yes. So I, I recently watched episodes two and three. I think it's, there's ten episodes. Yeah, I watched episodes two and three recently. It's really good. I still like the show a lot. I like what it's building towards. Um, although it's weird, it has some uh, like the writing's really good. Don't get me wrong, uh, but there's some stylistic choices I don't really agree with, or it just feels too like they're trying too hard. Like in the second episode, right, starting in the first twenty minutes or so, they're trying to establish all the different members of this team of Hunters. Right. Because I think there's like six or seven of them besides the, our, our, our other, I remember his name now, I remember last week, but our main character's name is Jonah. Um, when you're trying to use these other like six or seven characters on the team, and so they kind of give them all like this really brief, like 30 second sort of like synopsis of what they each do, but they present it almost like a comic, like a Suicide Squad type thing, where it's like really like over stylized, almost like a jokey, it's something like, it's still like something Tarantino would do. Yeah. Which, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know, I think... They they jump all over the place with style on this show, which is an interesting decision. Do they have the same director throughout? No, same writer, but so I mean, you figure the the writer's one kind of. Wait, I don't know. I mean, you think the writer would have some input on that? Maybe it is the director's so. decision. Like the the same director did episodes two and three, but he didn't do episode one. So I'm wondering right. if that's why I was wondering if that's yeah. why so stylistically different. Could be, or I just don't know if it's gonna carry over the rest of the show. But yeah, it's still it's uh, there's one actually. Um, I'd say of all the uh, Nazi characters they've shown so far, um, one of my favorite villains is the uh, I guess you call like the henchman of the team. He's like the, the kind of like the the hitman. He's the one that goes everywhere and 
eliminates people or blackmails people or does what needs to be done. Um, and he's, I don't know, I've never seen anything before. He's a younger guy, probably guess in his early 30s of an actor, but he's really good. And he's, he obviously fits that traditional German stereotype, you know, the blonde hair, blue eyes, <laughs> he's in pretty good shape. Um, but he has like, obviously he's, I don't, I, the actor's probably American or British for all I know, but he has a perfect accent. If he is trying to hide anything, I can't tell. He definitely sounds like an, uh, so if he's, if he's trying to play a German flying, posing as an American, then he definitely sounds like an American. <laughs> so he's doing a good job there, but. I'm I'm still in. I'm still like I'm still gonna see the series through. Um, like I said, it's only seven more episodes. I don't I don't usually like binging stuff like that. Like even when I watched like The Boys, I'd watch maybe an episode mm. or two at a time. I wouldn't really want to binge it all like one weekend or anything. So I'm sure by the end of March I'll have Hunters done, and then we'll see what goes from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what we've been watching. So I guess uh, now we can kind of transition to. Well, I guess we got mentioned two other things briefly that are going to be happening in the next week that I'm going to be seeing in the next week, anyways. Um, this coming Friday. I'm going to the the Niagara Cinema here with my mom, and we're gonna go see the uh, the 2000 Guy Ritchie film Snatch. Oh right! It's one of my favorites. Uh, it's definitely Guy Ritchie's best film. Um, like I said, I, I felt like he channeled some of this when he did The Gentleman recently. That one right. I saw back in January, but Snatch was like his. I think it's his best film because it came out 20 years ago. Like I said, uh, really good cast. Like it had Jason Statham, Brad Pitt, um, Dennis Farina, like. Um, the guy's name I'm trying to think of the really tall guy. Ah, oh, it's gonna kill me. I can't remember his name now. <laughs> da, no, It'll anyways, that's gonna be later. Dang it! <laughs> but really good cast. Um, yeah, it's a British gangster heist type of film with a lot of twists and like the the style of it is just great. The writing, it's I could rewatch that film over and over. So I'm excited to see it in theaters. Cause I never saw it in theaters back when it came out in 2000. Well, it would have been high school. No, you would have been 13. 13. Oh, it was high school. But uh, yeah, I never saw it in theaters back then. So I think it'll be a cool experience. Uh, and the other one I'm looking forward to, I probably won't get around to seeing it this weekend, but uh, maybe next week I, I want to see it, is that one I mentioned you before with the, the Ben Affleck. Oh, right. Sports one where he plays yeah, a basketball coach, like al- alcoholic basketball coach, comes out this Friday. Okay. Yep. I saw some uh, early impressions on Rotten Tomatoes. It's kind of around, it's around like 60% right now, um, but I think the reason, like all the, good, all the positive reviews I've seen have definitely said that he's great in it. Okay. And you can definitely tell he's channeling his inner demons, the whole alcoholism thing. Right. He does a great job at that. I think people. I think the only negative reviews are just saying like, "Oh, it's like the generic sports trope movie where it's you know mm-hmm. you got the the alcoholic coach who's going to take over the the terrible basketball team. He's going to they're going to rally behind yeah. him. He's going to turn his they, life around. Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, there's still those kind of tropes, but this director's done that before. He's done other sports movies right. before, so he's got that kind of pedigree. But um, yeah, it sounds like Affleck's given it his all. So I'm definitely still intrigued to see it. And uh, what else? I still want to get around. I don't know. I don't know now with this way my schedule is from March. With like with baseball and Apex, I don't know if I'm gonna get around to seeing it. But I did still want to go see that Invisible Man movie too. That one's got like a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes, and it sounds really good. You well, you freed up some time now. That you don't have to watch the Bond movies on Saturdays anymore. Yeah, that's true. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, the sky fall in the back burner for a bit. Mm. Okay, so I guess if you want, we can transition to the other topic that we alluded to last week. So last week we did a little introspective uh yeah on uh tom cruise we did a little sort of i don't want to call it a career summary but we looked at some of his lesser known films or some i recommended some ones that uh i like you know the mission impossibles and stuff that i want to check out so so this week we are going to discuss another favorite actor of mine again one who i think doesn't get enough recognition and that would be uh hugh jackman yeah now hugh jackman for i mean he's been acting i mean he you know he's australian for those who don't know so he, he probably did some australian films before he came to to the u.s but his first big breakthrough obviously in the u.s was when he did played wolverine that was his first thing here 
Uh, I don't know if it was yeah, that was two. Yeah, that was his first. Wow. He did some like kind of rom coms after that, but that was yeah. sort of like his breakthrough. Australia. And, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just got the yeah. The, um, wasn't that what the movie was called? Was it not? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, okay. you're right. The the Bos the Bos Lerman one with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah no. Australia. Yeah. <gasps> but that was Bos Lerman. Yeah, you know. That? Oh, I just put the two and two like Nicole Kidman, Moulin Rouge. Now Bos you got me Lerman. thinking how many movies he's done singing in because he's he's a really good singer, uh, obviously. The one with the M. Les Miserables. Well, let's start with M then. Where's the L? Les <laughs> Well, since you said that, I'm going to segue into that's the only. Uh, so, out of his, let's say, 20 year American career, which he's done a lot of movies in those 20 years. He's been 20 years old? Yeah. <sighs> I'm so old. Um, out of those 20, out of the 20 year career, and he's had a lot of good performances. He's only been nominated for an Oscar once, and that was for Les Miserables. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, I, you know, made a list of. So again, I mean, as with the Tom Cruise comparison last week where, you know, Tom Cruise done six Mission Impossible movies, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, so I'm trying to think now, I, I, I didn't have the whole list, I didn't have the whole list of Wolverine performances in front of him, I'm trying to think of how many times he's played Wolverine, so let's count it down. So he just, out of the base series, you got X-Men 1, 2, and 3, mm-hmm. then they did X-Men Origins Wolverine, yep. and then there was uh, Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Are we Days of Future Past? Is that the one the with the kids when they started? No, you're thinking of First Class. But he had a cameo. Yes, I know. I'm getting into that. Okay. I'm just saying ones where he, he was, was like the sort okay. of the cent- one of the central it. characters. Wolverine. Right. Okay. So essentially, those I'd say those five. What do you say? X Men One, Two, Three, Origins Wolverine, and Days of Future Past. He's a major character. I'm getting to that. <laughs> but that's also part of Wolverine. I'm just saying it's fine. Yes. <laughs> getting the stare down. <laughs> Sorry, I'm well, I'm trying fine. to make the point that okay, Logan's film was all about him. The He's other, what? the other films is more well, of an ensemble about, thing. Um, oh my gosh! Well, yeah, like Professor X was yeah. in it too, but I'm just saying it, the film's called Logan, so it's obviously about him. And spoiler, right now for those who haven't seen Logan yet, he eventually does die. Wolverine finally dies at the end of Logan, so that's his the resolution also of his arc. His career is Wolverine, so exactly. Although Marvel hasn't really completely closed that door. No, they, they haven't. They, they still want to do something. I saw some... something today about Wolverine being coming back for something, but I'm not sure if it was him for, per se. But I mean, I don't know how you honestly ever recast that role. No, it's he funny. is quintessential Wolverine. It's funny because, okay, so going back to when he originally, when he started with X-Men back in 2000, people were upset about the casting at first for a couple of reasons. Like, number one, he wasn't a name well, actor. Who is this guy? But also, for anyone who, doesn't, who knows the comics, like, yeah, he looked the part, like, I mean, in terms of the hairstyle and the physique and everything, but in the in the comics, Wolverine's like five foot four or something. Like, yeah, te- he te- is technically, technically, Tom Cruise would have been Wolverine <laughs> if everyone's size how, was. How, how tall is Hugh Jackman? Like, six one. Oh, He's not well, super tall, whatever. but... Whatever, I can I know. get over that. Well, people got over it quickly once they realized how good he was, yeah. but... That was an initial, initial impression of that. Because if you think about the other actors that were in the original X-Men, they did look like the comic books. Yeah. Like Cyclops looked good, Storm looked good. I would rather look like it than they made the right yeah. size. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, so again, putting aside the X-Men films, um, some of the standouts for me, some Hugh Jackman ones that maybe people haven't heard about or that I would recommend you check out would be, um, I'm not going into any kind of chronological order here, but just top ones off my head would be um, The Prestige. Uh-huh, for sure. The Christopher Nolan film. Um, Prisoners. Yeah, that that, a that's one. a hard watch. If you're especially if you're a parent, as a parent, as yeah. a parent it's a hard watch. And I watched when did that come out? I mean, I, I watched it after actually, I became a parent. So ago. yeah, it, it definitely came out after I was a parent. So yeah. that had more of an impact on me. He was so good in that film. And it's funny to anybody who watches Prisoners. I think it came out. I'm pretty sure it came out 20, 2015 or twenty sixteen. I didn't write the year down, but um, anybody who watches that movie, the way that he looks in that film, um, 
like his, you know, just his, his, his facial hair, his beard, his just overall physique and everything. Everybody's like, he's Joel in The Last of Us. Oh. That's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> if you're doing a Last of Us movie, there he is. <laughs> That's well, they cool. can't get the Uncharted movie <laughs> off the ground, so. Yeah, I'm right. Sure the Last of Us anytime soon. Another good one, uh, The Fountain. Right. I know how much <laughs> you love The Fountain. I'm pretty sure, like, when we started dating, like, the f- one of the first movies you showed me. Like yeah. if you don't appreciate this, we can't be together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's and it, it, to be honest, that's a hard film to watch. It's definitely a film that you need to rewatch a few times because the first time you're watching, you're like, "What the heck is this?" Because it's directed by Darren Aronofsky, who does really oh. crazy visual storytelling. So, the, and that that film too, the films, it's hard to ingest it all in one in one viewing because there's a there's a lot of like timeline jumps. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say there's like time travel involved. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but it has to do with like. His wife has cancer, and he's he's trying to like, deal with her mortality. And it, there's some weird like philosophical stuff going on. It's yes. but it's visually too. It's an amazing film, and he's so so good in that movie. And then uh, oh, I had another one that I uh, oh no, you know what? I think the fourth one on this was Logan. And I I, I and I mentioned obviously like Logan is a Wolverine movie. So the only reason I'm separating it from the other X Men films is because the way they treat the content like the idea behind logan is that like the movie logan is um that it, i think it takes place like 20 years after um i guess it would be x-men 3 it would be yeah so 20 years after so like, at this point you like professor x is like you know probably in his 80s or something like, he's That's he's pretty old that, and yeah. he's old and fe- he's, he's starting to have like alzheimer's and he's and the problem with him is that he he um, because of he's so such a powerful psychic that when he has these attacks uh, like he has to be heavily medicated when he has these attacks it can cause like all of the people around him to have seizures because he has like this psychic outburst or something mm-hmm. and it just so he has to be like heavily medicated and kept in solitary but uh but the idea behind logan too is like see as you can tell like wolverine just like hugh jackman himself is aging into this role like in logan he actually has like you know gray hair and he's starting to he, like when he gets he's still like kicking ass but when he when he gets hurt in Logan now he's like healing as quickly right like when he gets shot he's like it's taking longer for the bullet wounds to heal and his stuff like that and you can tell he's just wearing down in general and so um it was the first like visceral um well his first was R-rated yes R-rated so you have him swearing you have a lot of the uncut violence mm-hmm. um and it was just different from the other yeah Mexican. and and directed too by the guy who did uh like i really like the director behind it it was a guy who did uh like 310 yuma and uh recently uh ford v ferrari oh okay so he's a good director um and it was definitely a different feel than most of the it wasn't like an over-the-top superhero movie um but it has the huge jackman just again that, that was a perfect send-off for that character like if they're yeah. if they're ever gonna st- if they're ever gonna stop making Mission Impossible movies, which, I don't know, I think Tom Cruise is doing two more stuff. Whenever they stop doing <laughs> Mission Impossible movies, I doubt they'll have the balls to actually kill off Ethan Hunt, but it seems like a fitting way to... I don't know. It seems cliche to say... Did that before? Well, they, like, so they tried to kill Jason Bourne, and that, doesn't, that didn't happen either. <laughs> well, no, he just faces death. I mean, I'm talking about actually killing someone off, not just faking the death so they can ride off into the sunset, but... Well, they could have said that was the end, but they didn't. For which one? For, For Bourne. Which? Like, there wasn't a fourth one planned after that. No. Yeah, like the way the third born film ends, we're getting off topic now. But the way the third born film, film bleh, third <laughs> born film ends, definitely, yeah, wraps it up perfectly. That's the end of that yeah. trilogy. They didn't need to. You didn't need to make a fourth one. I like the fourth one still. I don't think yeah. it's, it's like it's it's unnecessary or anything. But uh, yeah, no, they could have left the trilogy as it was. But I think Matt Damon's like, yeah, I got one more in me. So mm, cool. I don't know. One of the Hugh Jackman stuff stands out to me. Like he's just he's such a versatile actor. You know, he can do drama, he can do action, he can sing. Well, what he's he got comedy. Pipe now? Um. Yeah. So, so so he's got a new one coming out. Uh, it's te- it's actually an HBO film, so it's not gonna be in oh. theaters. But he's got an HBO film coming out in the next month or two, I think. And I saw the trailer for it the other day. It looks pretty interesting. I think it's called 
it's based on either a true story or a book. I don't remember, but it's called Bad Education. And I think he plays like a uh, a principal or like a, a school district um, uh, not manager. What's what we're looking for? What's like a who runs like a school district? Like a Oh. I don't know, whoever, like school district manager, whatever you want to call it. Um, something happened in the U.S. years ago, I think, that's like I said, it's based on a true story, but it has to do with him sort of like rigging test results or something so that, because like, oh. like in the U.S., like when schools do good testing, they get more, more funding. funding. And like, so I think it has, he's playing like some kind of principal or, or corrupt uh, school district uh, person. There's somebody in the system. Yeah, it looks interesting. I think I mentioned you last week too when we were talking about the Tom Cruise stuff. And I saw that, I think, uh, Hugh Jackman's got another movie coming out next year. Not sure if like spring or summer. I don't think there's a set release date yet, but he's doing like some sort of like sci-fi thriller. Oh, that sounds cool. It's called Remem- Remembrance or something. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I said, I mean, dude did like if you want to count it, like technically six Wolverine films. He had a cameo in another X-Men film. Like he played Wolverine a ton, even in movies where he wasn't playing Wolverine. Like actually, funny enough, I came across this on YouTube the other day. I think I was looking up Hugh Jackman stuff in preparation for our podcast here, and I didn't realize I never saw it. But you know, they you know those Night in the Museum films, yeah, the Ben Stiller films. So they did a. Th- I, I didn't know they did three of them. I'd seen. I had no idea. We saw the second one. I think. Yeah, I've seen one and two. I didn't know they did a third. But apparently, in the third, there's a funny scene where like Hugh, Jack- Hugh Jackman plays himself in the film. He's doing like a stage play, and someone like comes up on stage and confronts him, and he's like, because you know the whole thing with the Night in the Museum films is there's usually like a character from a different timeline who's like like you know like teddy roosevelt or like he's like indians like from another era who like come into our world and so it's like the fish out of water thing we're like what is this place oh, what okay. is that tv thing or that thing over there that's a tv you know yeah. what I mean? so in this case you have like a sir lancelot you know gets brought into our world and he ends up coming on stage and confronting hugh jackson he thinks hugh jackman's playing like um whoever queen guinevere is is in love with or something i don't know they're doing a stage play but hugh jackman's playing it he's playing himself as an actor right so he says to the guy something like he's like oh buddy he's like i'm not king lear i'm like i'm hugh jackman and the guy's like and of course this is a guy for comedy he misinterprets the name he's like hugh jackman what kind of name is that <laughs> <laughs> so then so then they end up getting into a fight and then hugh jackman does this thing where he's like all right you want to go let's go and he does like the wolverine pose and kind of like oh. roars but and they just like ah, he's like it's usually a lot better when I have my effects, you know. Uh-huh. And then the girl behind him like, yeah, it's really good when you have the claws and your shirts off and everything. So they, they, <laughs> they have always like in jokes about you know how his character is. Interesting. Was that a straight to DVD thing or was that in theaters? No, that was in theaters. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that's one thing I'll give. Like one thing that's about Hugh Jackman too is like he. Um, oh, and you just remind me of another film that I can recommend for one that people haven't seen, but uh, I'll come back to that in a minute. But my other point I was going to make was that Hugh Jackman. Remember last week I mentioned how Tom Cruise. Going all the way back to the Mission Impossible films in like the nineties. He's always had a been in shape. Yep. Great physique. But like a natural for Tom Cruise a natural physique. Yes. Like he's, not, like he's a small guy, so Yeah. It's... But I'm saying like Tom Cruise like he's definitely not on roids. Yeah. He's not doing the thing either where he's like his weight's fluctuating all the time, right. like yes. Christian Bale thing. Ooh. But like with Hugh Jackman, it's like it's funny, you go back and you watch X Men One and he's in really good shape in X Men One, but he wasn't like really ripped back then. Right. He was more like your casual guy you'd see at the gym like good shape but it wasn't just like it wasn't until x-men 2 when he got like shredded right and then like even like i think oh my gosh we totally i just realized we totally missed the wolverine film when we did our synopsis okay so we gotta go back to what, <laughs> i don't know why i just thought of it because i'm gonna go back to my point here in a second why i just remember this now so we have x-men 1 2 and 3 yeah let's call that the original trilogy yes then he did the cameo in first class yeah then he was in days of future past yeah right? and then it was then we forgot the wolverine that's when he goes to japan Hundred percent forgot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And then X Men Apocalypse, and then Logan. So yeah, the reason I was trying to think in my head like when's like 
when do I when do I think he's been in the best shape of his career? And I would have said the Wolverine when he was at Japan. Right. So at that point, he's probably. I mean, now he's I think he's like fifty one years old. When he did the Wolverine, I think he was like forty five or forty six, and he was just just ridiculous shape in that one. Like it's, and it's funny because for him too, he's not always that size. Like he does say that when he's not playing Wolverine, he does tend to lose some muscle mass and he kind of goes back to his normal weight, and then he just like goes into a crazy regimen for a few months when yeah. he's playing Wolverine. Like he just getting ripped like crazy but um i was on another train i thought i was gonna say now oh the other right the other one i was gonna mention um i remember another one that he did between x-men one and two so back in 2001 he did a film called swordfish that i really like oh. remember that one he was in swordfish he was the hacker remember the so travolta was the villain oh yeah, yeah. and he was the hacker guy that, it's a movie that everybody hates but you love yeah it's okay. a it's <laughs> crit, uh critically um swordfish bombed but uh, it's, it's definitely not. Even rewatching now, I can appreciate it. It's not a great film. But it has a really pretty fun cast. Like I said, Travolta hams it up as the villain. You got Halle Berry in there. Uh, Hugh Jackman plays a... Uh, hacker. Yeah, he plays like a computer hacker. Um, like the hacking that film was so ridiculous, even by 2001 standards. But <laughs> it, I think it's a fun movie. It's got kind of a twisty ending, some good action scenes. Yeah, I definitely recommend checking that out. If you want to see Hugh Jackman do like a fun role where he's kind of like out of the norm. Because that film is not playing like the tough bad guy. He's sort of like getting bossed around and, and beat up and stuff but it's also got one of the i won't spoil it here especially because it's a, a sort of an r-rated thing but there's a really good film point um, a good scene in the swordfish film where he sort of has to do an audition for the hacking thing do you remember this okay, scene no travolta basically puts him on the spot puts a gun on his head and says he got one minute to hack into the department of defense and he i won't say exactly what happens but he's he's there's some women involved and he's being distracted by something while he's trying to hack this thing so there's a lot of things going on in his head it's just the way the scene shot is really intense especially when joel is like counting down like three two one oh you gotta die <laughs> so it's just a really fun movie like i said it's uh if i had to guess i'd say it's probably one of his lowest hugh jackman's lowest rotten tomatoes films right like critically it's not a great film but i think it's but a fun i think it was film. probably fun for all of them to do oh yeah yeah and to be honest i don't even know it's possible he may have even filmed that before he did x-men yeah because they might have filmed it like 99 for all I know and they held it till 2001 when it came out but um, I still think X-Men was his first sort of um, soiree soiree I did it <laughs> <laughs> eventually got there um, yeah but like I said again I just think that uh, and again I, like I said with Tom Cruise last week the Oscars aren't the be all end all but I just think like Hugh Jackman's severely underrated well now that he's done the X-Men he's going to have more chances because we yeah. know that superhero movies never make it uh, so he will unless get you're playing, his due diligence. Unless you're playing as Joker. If you're playing as Joker. Oh, yeah, again. always be Joker, except for Jared Leto. <laughs> Basically, at this point, if you're playing as Joker, you got a 50, 50% chance of winning the Oscar. That's true. Because so far, you got Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. Um, Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. It really makes me wonder who would try, who would want to take on Joker next. Who would Nobody should. Like, There's been a lot of Joker recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we need a Joker break. You never saw Birds of Prey, that reminds me. No, I didn't get around to seeing Birds of Prey. I'll catch that on uh, 4K. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any other movies that are coming out in the next little bit? I don't think there's really... I haven't really been keeping up with Netflix too much. I don't think Netflix is going to come out in the next month or two that I'm really looking forward to. You have to. a good backlog anyways. To go I do. I still have my list of stuff to watch. Um, but yeah, like no movies or series on Netflix that I think are coming out soon and really stand out to me. Uh yeah, movie wise, um, I think it's gonna be slow for the next couple months. I don't think like. Well, it knows that your MLB is coming out, so. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of them to uh, give me some time for that. They accommodate for you. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. In this case, I won't ramble on too long then. Um, sorry, I didn't have any more material prepared this time, but. Uh, 
that's cool. Italy. I like this little segment of unappreciated. Like I wanted to like a Russell Crowe. That's what you want to do next week is Russell Crowe. I'm just thinking, or uh, um, Tom Hanks. Like oh, I, I don't really think Tom I, Hanks fits my bill of underappreciated. When I think of that, he? no, you, you, don't, you don't think Tom Hanks? You think Tom Hanks is underappreciated? I just, I just want to know movies that I don't know that he's in. Well, I could. I mean, Tom Hanks' career goes back to the '80s, so I'm sure I could find some movies you haven't seen of his. Okay, fine. But Russell Crowe, I think, has just had such a bad rap recently. Well, he's been nominated too. Okay, you find somebody new. <laughs> hmm. Like, I got an interesting one for you. I don't know if you agree. Like, I, again, I know the last. So I obviously with Tom Cruise and Jackman, those are both actors in their fifties. I might be, I may be skewing a bit long, bit younger on the spectrum here, but I'm thinking of other actors we could talk with. Have a decent body of work with a little bit of variety in there. Maybe one I would think would be like Ryan Gosling. Yes, that's why I brought it up because I know you love oh, Lars and the Real Girl. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of other movies he's done that you don't know about either. Probably not. Yeah. Has he even won an award? No. Okay, I, he definitely has not. He, I, he might have been, I can't remember if he was nominated for La La Land, that one. Oh. But he definitely didn't win. So I don't think, he I don't did. think he's ever won an Oscar, no. Um, oh, well, I know you're not going to want to talk about it, but you know I could talk all day probably about Tom Hardy. If I wouldn't say I don't want to. But then I got to bring up that movie and you're just going to crap all over it. So I don't want <laughs> to. <laughs> Codwell's a donkey, <sighs> but she's wearing this shirt. Okay, no, no one's going to understand what you're saying okay. out of context. But, it's okay. All right, we'll leave Tom Hardy out of it for now. <laughs> I um, just because you don't want me to talk about the one movie. Geez. Just don't bring it up. It's a terrible movie anyway. Uh, it's not a terrible movie. You're so mean. It's off of Netflix because it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's off. <laughs> um, I mean... Okay, if you want to think of another one, well, again, back again, I don't think he's underappreciated. I was going to throw Christian Bale's name in there, but I think he's pretty appreciated. He's pretty appreciated. Yeah. Um, well, women. I mean, actresses you can That's think true. of that don't get their due. And, you know, we're not going to ramble. I'll make a list next week. We'll yeah. discuss a few. Ryan Gosling might be in the mix. Well, okay, I, maybe another name I'll throw in that you, I don't know, you might roll your eyes at this one too, but Ewan McGregor? What do you think? Man. I've only like liked him in one thing. I think he's got an interesting body of work. Oh, two things. I like yeah. the island also. You like the island? What's really? wrong with the island? Well, I like it too. I just didn't think you'd like think <laughs> that was one of his better. <laughs> okay, how many off the top of your head, how many Ian McGregor films can you name right now? Moulin Rouge. Okay. Island. Uh huh. There's Star Wars. He was in Star Wars one, two, and three. Uh yeah. there was a writing the writer? Was it the writer? Oh the ghost writer? Yeah, a ghost oh, okay. writer. Okay, remember that one. Yeah. Um I'm out. Okay. There's definitely a lot more than that. Yeah, he's yeah, he might be a name we can consider. Pooh Bear. Yes, he was in Winnie the Pooh. He was playing. <laughs> he was playing the adult Christopher Robin. Yes, yes that's right. Uh, oh, uh, okay. One more that I could suggest. So now we will have a, we'll have a list of three for next week. We can trim down. My other one I might suggest would be Colin Farrell. Oh, I like Colin Farrell. You don't like Colin Farrell? I don't dislike him. I just I haven't really liked any films he's in. That's all. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, you'll have to prove me wrong. I will. We'll, <laughs> I'll do uh, some some research for next week. I think that we can wrap it up now. Cool. Thank you for listening another week of our ramblings. And uh, I hope you can see you next time. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.